0: Today on CityCast DC, bottoms up, but hold the hangover. Booze-free bars are becoming a new trendy thing. With one called Binge Bar opening right here in DC in January, we're joined by Jessica Sidman from The Washingtonian to get the mix on what's behind this thirst for mocktails in the district. It's Monday, December twelfth, twenty twenty-two. I'm Bridget Todd, and this is CityCast DC. Jessica, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. So I first want to just talk about this booze-free trend overall. Why do you think this trend is becoming more popular?
1: Yeah, uh, it really has taken off hugely over the last few years. Uh, And I think there are a number of factors. Just the boom in the wellness industry in general, I think it's hard to ignore that. And also just, you know, the evolution of the cocktail scene. It's changed so much over the past decade. Every restaurant has to have a serious cocktail program. There are so many options. There's so much creativity. And this is really just one more option for a lot of people. And I guess just the third factor, um, for all we've joked about sitting at home during quarantine, (laughs) during the pandemic, drinking bottles of wine. I think a lot of people did take that time to kind of reevaluate their own drinking habits and look at more non-alcoholic options.
0: Yeah, I think the pandemic could really accelerate people's desire to just sort of take a step back. I certainly know that one of the things that really popped off in the pandemic was being able to take cocktails to go. And yeah, I, I could see how folks are now taking a step back and thinking, well, wait, what kind of habits did I pick up <laughs> during yes, the pandemic? exactly. What are some of your favorite booze-free spots in the city? There are so many. I mean, and
1: it really, it's evolved enormously just in the past five years. You know, I um, started getting into non-alcoholic cocktails when I was pregnant about four years ago. And at the time, you know, a lot of it was just glorified lemonades, essentially. And even since then, now there are so many options a few places that I really enjoy, Destino, which is a modern Mexican restaurant at the La Cosecha Food Hall near Union Market. They have some really great options, uh, residence cafe in DuPont Circle, very Instagram-friendly place. Also very hard to get a reservation. <laughs> yeah, here, yeah. Like, come early. <laughs> exactly. Well, for a good reason. I mean, their their cocktails are beautiful and also their non-alcoholic cocktails are equally beautiful and delicious. Another place is actually Reveler's Hour, which is more of a wine bar in Adams Morgan, but they have a few great non-alcoholic options if you aren't doing wine.
0: Yeah. You know, you mentioned that when you first started uh, drinking booze-free drinks, it was just basically glorified lemonade. I've dabbled in like low ABV cocktails and liquors and things. And for so long, if you weren't drinking, it would be like, oh, here's our meticulously curated alcohol bar. And oh, would you like a seltzer? You know, <laughs> Like the options weren't great. Yes. And so I appreciate places like Residence where Just because you're not drinking doesn't mean you don't want, like, a fancy-looking beverage. Right.
1: Yeah. And it used to be so much of an afterthought. And a lot of times, it wouldn't be on the menu, but you could say, can the bartender make me something? And sometimes they would just go off and make you something, and you're like, but you didn't ask me, you know, what kind of flavors do I like? You're at the mercy of the creativity and time of the bartender. You know, you have no idea what you're going to get is good. You're just getting something because they're trying to appease you. So yes, it's nice to have actual options that you can peruse just like you would with normal cocktails.
0: We talked a little bit about places that are regular bars that have great booze-free options. Do you, are there places where the only thing on the menu is booze-free options? They don't have alcohol? There is already a pop-up
1: bar and bottle shop in Alexandria that serves all non-alcoholic cocktails is called Umbrella Drinks. And I know they're looking for a permanent location sometime soon. And then we have DC's very first bar with no alcohol, which will be called Binge Bar. Uh, (laughs) Cute name.
0: Coming to H Street. If you had to say, who do you think is going to these spots? Is it... Folks who are interested in wellness, people who are pregnant, or just anybody looking to meet for a drink with their friends, but maybe not have to go to work hungover the next day. Like, who do you think is going to be frequenting these spots?
1: Yeah, all of the above. The two bars I just mentioned, Umbrella Drinks and Binge Bar, um, they you know they are both actually started by women who had backgrounds in retail and hospitality, but damaging relationships with alcohol. Both of them had DUIs at different points that were kind of wake up calls for them and end up getting sober. And I do think a lot of times when people hear, you know, a a bar with no alcohol or they hear hear something about non-alcoholic cocktails, they they think of people who are sober. But as you were saying, it really is so much more than that. There's so many reasons why people don't drink, uh, whether it's religious reasons Health reasons, medical reasons, you know, you just don't want to hang over the next day. You just don't feel like it. Sometimes it just looks interesting and tastes good. You know, it doesn't have to be a huge lifestyle thing to want to try a drink that doesn't have whiskey or vodka in it.
0: Down to sort of what these drinks actually taste like. You know, I know that you said some of them used to be glorified lemonades, and now we've got these, you know, fancy mocktails that don't have alcohol in them or have zero-proof alcohol in them. What do these drinks taste like? Do they taste like alcoholic drinks? I mean, it's hard to replicate exactly, but I've definitely had some where, you
1: know, I you wouldn't necessarily know that it didn't have alcohol. I mean, just in the same way that you've probably had alcoholic drinks where you're like, oh, I didn't realize how much booze was in this. You know, there's also this this huge booming market of spirit alternatives, basically whiskeys that aren't whiskeys and gins that aren't really gins that kind of replicate some of those flavors. And so you're seeing some of that incorporated into these drinks and versions of popular cocktails, like a Negroni, but without the alcohol. And I think because bartenders aren't relying on the alcohol, they are forced to get a little more creative. And you see them using all kinds of interesting juices and tinctures and syrups and infusions. So a lot of these are really actually very complex drinks.
0: So I could have my Negroni Spagliato with Prosecco in it, But it might not get me boozy or leave me with a hangover the next day. I bet you
1: somebody out there has already created a non-alcoholic version of that.
0: (laughs) I've been dying to order that at a bar. So if somebody has made one without alcohol, please get in touch. Uh, Jessica, what's the best booze-free drink that you've had in D.C. so far? Oh,
1: gosh. It's hard to pick one. Um, You know, I had this really tasty A cantaloupe drink. This was over the summer, so it was maybe more of a summery kind of drink. Um, and I mentioned residents, uh, they have like a green apple concoction that was really interesting and lovely. There's so many. And and I guess, you know, speaking of versions of of real cocktails, uh, Columbia Room, which has since closed but was uh kind of a leader in, in this movement. Uh, They at one point had a non-alcoholic Long Island iced tea, which I find really fascinating. (laughs) I mean, you know, Long Island iced tea, that's as boozy as it gets, but they tried to go through it and (laughs) and dissect all those different flavors of all the many spirits that you throw in there and um, create something that's sort of a little bit like it, but
0: would not get you drunk. So something I feel like I have to get into is that, you know, I love a lot of the a lot of the bars and places that you've mentioned I really like, but they're not the cheapest options. It's kind of a little wild to me that the prices are the same. On the one hand, I get it because if you want a, you know, meticulously curated zero-proof cocktail, that's still labor and creativity and time. But it is a little bit of sticker shock to say, like, I feel like I'm paying the same price for a drink that doesn't have alcohol in it to get one that is booze free. What do you what do you make of that? Yeah,
1: no, I hear you and I hear people, you know, getting all riled up about this issue all the time because there are places where a non-alcoholic cocktail will cost you $14, $15, the same price as whatever the alcoholic cocktails are. And there're a number of reasons for this. Uh like you said a lot of times there you know, there's various syrups and infusions and other aspects of things going in the drink that are very labor intensive because, you know, you're not just relying on the flavor of alcohol. You have to put some effort into the other ingredients. And also just with the rise of all of these spirit alternatives, a lot of them are not cheap. For example, two popular ones. There's one called Seed Lip that you'll see if you start looking um, that's used a lot of times which is a non-alcoholic distillate, um, or Kentucky 74. That's a bourbon alternative. And they're both about $35 the bottle retail, which, you know, is the same price as a lot of other, you know, Jack Daniels is, I think, less than that. So it's it's actually not necessarily
0: cheaper to make some of these cocktails, but I 100% understand the sticker shock. How do you see this movement toward zero-proof alcohol and booze-free bars shaping D.C.'s culture more generally? I mean, I think this is always going to
1: be a town with plenty of heavy drinkers, (laughs) but we have such a burgeoning culinary and drink scene in D.C. Uh, We have every cuisine under the sun. This is a real foodie destination, and having this aspect of the beverage scene is is just one part
0: of that and really just shows the evolution of how far we've come. Jessica Sidman, food editor at The Washingtonian, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. And before you head out, here's some quick news. Heads up that the U.S.-Africa Leadership Summit has started, and this means there's going to be some serious traffic delays near Mount Vernon Square. Parking is also restricted in the area, so if you can find a better way to get around town, you probably should. Meanwhile, we've got another cold case that's been solved. 53-year-old Charles Hellum has pled guilty to the 1987 murder of 37-year-old edgy, sober Adler. Hellum was already serving a life sentence for the 2002 killing of Patricia Bentley, his ex-girlfriend. And finally, are you looking for a new job? Montgomery County is seeking planning board applicants after its mass exodus back in October. This was due to controversies, including a stacked office bar and abrupt firings. Currently, there are three temporary acting board members that need to be replaced by February 28th. This part-time gig pays 30K and will take up your Thursdays. That's all for today here on CityCast DC. And if you enjoyed the show, tell a friend who's looking for booze-free drinks. Have them rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with even more news from around the city. Talk to you then.